This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Sadiqi. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Uh, first of all, uh, can I just say what a win by the New York Jets. J-E-T-S. Yeah. Let's go. What a win, man. What, what first of all, about. okay, week one, <laughs> we lose Aaron Rodgers, a couple snaps in. The Jets find a way to win, okay? A couple weeks later, the Chiefs come to town. We, we're this close, man. With this, If it wasn't for that bullshit holding call, we would have won that game, okay? All right. And now against the Eagles, you know what I'm saying? The Jets defense, man, no sauce, no DJ Reed. Half our secondary is missing. But we still come through, man. Four turnovers by the Eagles, man. And I'm just, I'm hyped, dude. And the and Aaron Rodgers throwing too. on the sideline. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what is what's going on? He just had surgery a month ago. What is he doing without a boot on the on the field? On that he's shitty man, that his return. <laughs> he That's really is, doing. man. He really I'm is, dude. About. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Like I, I don't know if you could tell. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, I can share in exciting. the excitement too. As a Cowboys fan. Three and three. So I, I'm with you here. This is great. <laughs> I, I was basking in the glory there, you know, after that game. I thought I thought it was over when, you know, the Eagles, it looked like they were just gonna run the clock out and they decide to throw the ball. <laughs> like that was the best. Like that's Hell exactly yeah. what I wanted to see. And, and I'm happy for the Jets, dude. Like Zach Wilson's playing good enough to win games at this point. And that's all you can ask. That's all I can ask for, man. That's all I can ask for. It was also really encouraging. And you know, Garrett Wilson, man, like he's he's back. Like he caught eight of twelve targets for ninety yards. He got banged up a couple of times, uh, but he looks like he's going to be okay. You know, Robert Sala said he could have finished the game. Um, you know, he did. He did leave again towards the end of the game. But either way, the Jets have a bye this week. He should be good to go in week eight. So encouraging stuff moving forward. Yeah, right. Much better than um, what we were expecting to see after <laughs> after Aaron Rodgers went down. Like it was not good. And for, we talked about it for a couple of weeks. We were like. Garrett Wilson is just not going to do anything, but hopefully this can continue. You know, <laughs> I didn't like seeing him come out of the game a few times, like you mentioned, but I think that he's going to be fine. And if he keeps getting this type of target share, maybe he is good enough to be a volume-based play with a little bit of upside. Hey, man, I'll take it. Eight for 90? Yeah, that'll do it, you know? Um, right. And uh, Brees Hall's snap percentage went up. His route participation went way up this week to 65% which is a very, very healthy number. It doesn't even need to move up, to be honest with you. Um, it can. I'll be happy with it. But this number right here is perfect. Okay? Right. Uh, according, according to Fantasy Life, he was at only 30% last week. Okay? And that was literally, like, the one piece that was missing from Breeze Hall's, like, full workload, like, coming in to this week. Right? And we said that he was back last week. I, I think he's officially, officially back this week in terms of like his workload, right? So right. he only had 12 carries against like, the tough Eagles front, but the five catches for 54 yards is, is what it's all about, right? An extra 10 points yeah. in PPR, right? Plus the touchdown that he did walk in on, whatever. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the production on the ground was there a little bit, you know? So now that he's getting the rap participation necessary on top of him dominating this backfield's rushing attempts, he's matchup proof. Yeah, 
I mean, I mean, look at it. Like, did we expect Brees Hall to have a good game in this one? Like, I think when we were going in the game, we were projecting this to be Eagles run away and Brees Hall going up against a tough, tough run defense. You know, it would have to be high volume passing attack with Zach Wilson because they would be chasing points. But that wasn't the case. They were competitive the whole time. And he mentioned is he is matchup proof at this point. You look at the workload and, you know, his production is just right there with the workload. Obviously, it took a little bit of time for that to come along. But at this point, it's here. And he looks just like the guy that we saw last year and we were projecting to finish as a top 10 running back, maybe top five running back. So I'm all in on Brees. I, I like Brees Hall here. And you mentioned that receiving work. It was like the final infinity stone. When you said that, I was like picturing Thanos putting it in the, the last stone in the gauntlet. I was like, that that's that's what it feels like with Brees Hall. <laughs> it's going to be great if you can keep this up. I love it, man. I love it. So I'm excited for the Jets, you know, so. Uh, I'm yeah. just I'm oh, I'm, I'm yeah. in a good mood right now. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to the, the rest of these games. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's move on to the rest of the, rest of these games. Um, let's go on to the morning game here. So there's a chance that Ryan Tannehill has to miss some time. Uh, it looks like he has a high ankle sprain. It's the same ankle he had the tightrope surgery on late last year. He could miss several weeks, uh, and we can see him go on IR because of it potentially. Uh, Malik Willis is their backup. He'd be a pickup in two quarterback and superflex leagues. Um, there was word. You know, during the offseason that he has made a significant improvement from what we saw in year one. Uh, but with that being said, he had the same number of sacks as he did completions uh, after he came in. Okay, so yeah. um, I would imagine a, a downgrade for the pass catchers on this team, uh, specifically DeAndre Hopkins as the only guy that you're really starting. Um, the Titans do have a bye this upcoming week, so that there probably won't be too much word on Tannehill's injury this week. Uh, my assumption is that you won't hear much. So, right. but at the same time, if you're in need of a quarterback in Superflex two quarterback leagues, I think Malik Willis is still a pickup in case he ends up being something. Because as long as he's on the field and he could be something, remember he's a very very dynamic rusher. So if he's on the field and he could get it done somehow, some way, like maybe you know Josh, Josh Dobbs esque, you know, <laughs> and he's a more yeah. dynamic rusher than him. Um, we could see something here. Just saying. I, okay. I, I think that's an optimistic view of Malik Willis, but I'm okay <laughs> with it. You know, we haven't seen a whole lot from him, so I'll, I'll give him that chance. But let's just say that Titans passing attack is abysmal. <laughs> like it was horrific today, and like worse than usual. If it's not DeAndre Hopkins taking 11 targets on, like nobody's doing anything in this offense. It's really, really bad. And Derrick Henry, he had his stats padded by that one long run. Like obviously, he had the touchdown too, but. That one long run, I think it was like a 60-yard run, you take that away, it's a horrific day on offense for the Titans. So you're definitely only targeting and playing really Derrick Henry, maybe Tajay Spears in a deep league, but I'm, I'm not really looking to start Malik Willis or any Titans quarterback unless it's really in a pinch. And the receivers, like you mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins putting up a three-bomb today. Not what you want to see from your receiver there because he's your best one there. And Nick Nick Westbrook Akine just keeps, keeps coming around. You hear his name here and there. He's not good enough to be a waiver wire pickup, but he does do just enough to be annoying and hurt DeAndre Hopkins that little bit. It's just disgusting in the passing game. I don't like any of these receivers moving forward. There you go. Dropping bombs over here, Zach. Um, <laughs> are we dropping Jahan Dotson? That's the question, right, at this point. It's, it's tough to do that, but it's, it's a question worth asking, 100%. He ran one less route than Terry McLaurin. He's, you know, Terry McLaurin saw 12 targets. That's what we want to see. Okay, that's 50% target share, right? He was seeing sub 20% target share coming into this game. So that's great to see moving forward. Hopefully that stays the same. I mean, it's not going to be a 50%, but we want it to be like close to 30 because he deserves that. Uh, but Dotson yeah. saw one target. That one target happened to be a drop pass that could have went in for a touchdown. Okay. But Curtis Samuel, his fourth double-digit PPR out in this year, his third straight game with a touchdown, he's been getting it done lately, and he should be added you know, this week, if he's not already added, because he could be started. You know, the PPR flex. There's three three weeks in a row now. Okay, they have the Giants next week. Okay, so it is possible that you could play him and, and you know, get away with it, just like you have potentially this week. A lot of people started Curtis Samuel this week because of the two weeks that he just had, you know, prior, and he keeps getting it done. The fact that he's getting it done, you know, over Jahan Dotson, you know, listen, I'm a fan of Curtis Samuel, but right. I just, you know, coming into this year, I'm like the pecking order has to change, you know what I mean? Because Jahan Dotson is that dude. So it, it's really unfortunate for Dotson, but he has not had 
one good game this year through six weeks at this point. It's terrible. Man, he looked it's not that I, I don't think it's that he's looking worse. They're just not giving him the targets. <laughs> it's tough to produce when you only get one target in a game. And granted, it did go off of his hands, but I don't think that's a full indictment on him. The pass could have been a little bit better. It's fine. You know, it wasn't a complete drop on his part. But when you look at the way this offense it was a is, drop. It was a drop sack. He put his Come hands on. out. He was running. He was he those arms were extended. Zach. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm gonna give him a little <laughs> bit of grace. Here. I may be giving him a little bit of grace because I do like Jahan Dotson. I think he's a very good receiver. And he's been quiet to start the year. And in that sense, I think the same way that I'm giving him that benefit of the doubt, people are also giving him the benefit of the doubt through the name value when you talk about fantasy football. But just look at the game logs. If you saw these two game logs between him and Curtis Samuel next to each other, there would be zero question about who you're starting on a regular basis, and that's Curtis Samuel. So I think Curtis Samuel should be a pickup. He can be played. He also got it done. You have to remember the Falcons, they're a pretty tough matchup for wide receivers. So let's give him a little props here too. I think that overall... Terry McLaurin is still the guy to start. But Jahan Dotson, there's definitely a question about whether, A, you should be starting him, and B, if Curtis Samuel should be started over him. Say if you pick up Samuel off of waivers or you had him off waivers and you already had Jahan Dotson. It looks like Samuel's the play right now. It really does, man. It really does. Uh, you know, one thing to note about this backfield, um, rookie Chris Rodriguez ended up getting some carries in this game, just something to monitor. Brian Robinson had 10 carries. Rodriguez had four and Gibson had three. Okay, so I'm not sure that Gibson will be the bell cow if Robinson were to ever get hurt, right? It's kind of like Samaje Pirine, right? It, it, you know, you thought that Jill he was McLaughlin. like the handcuff yeah. in Denver. Jill McLaughlin comes around and then Samaje Pirine ends up being a third and then it, it ends up being a split at best. Just saying that this could potentially happen here where Chris Rodriguez right. turns into Brian Robinson if Brian Robinson were to ever get hurt because Robinson is like a plotter type of back, but he's being used in the receiving game. Matter of fact, he actually scored today on you know with a receiving <laughs> touchdown. Uh, but it looks like Gibson will not be that like every down back that he could be. He could have been, you know, if Chris Rodriguez didn't show up here. I just love how we throw in the Brian Robinson shade here. Ryan Robinson yeah. is a plotter, but he's he, you know, he's getting the work, so that's fine. It's like every time we talk about Brian Robinson, we mention how he's just not that he's just a guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> like he he's has, definitely better this year, though. That's for sure. Yeah, he can handle a big workload. That's what he's got going for him right now. And I, I think that's the best way to look at him. You know, he's he's available, he doesn't miss games, you know, he's he can handle that full workload that you give him. But you mentioned I just find it hilarious because we've been saying this <laughs> since you started talking about him, since he was fantasy relevant. It's hilarious. Yeah, I know. No, I, I I do like him a lot better this year because he has been playing a little bit better. But still, like, just you know, he's good. He can handle a workload. That's about it, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, moving forward, so the Falcons on the other side of the ball. The Falcons were in a negative game script in this one. So Desmond Ritter ended up throwing it forty-seven times. It resulted in Drake London getting twelve targets, nine catches for one hundred twenty-five. This is what I'm talking about right here, man. This is what you want to see yeah. from Drake London. Kyle Pitts also ended up with a touchdown, four catches for 43 yards as well. If you started John Lewis Smith, he also ended up with a touchdown. Okay, we have two straight very encouraging games for like the three passing. Like it's so ironic that there were like three guys that you could potentially start on this offense, this extremely run-heavy offense. Uh, yeah. But they were in a negative, a negative game script, right? Um, so John Lewis Smith had the touchdown as well. Uh, we have uh, London had two straight encouraging games. We have two straight encouraging games for Pitts as well. Um, and obviously, it's going to be up and down, right? We're not going to have consistent yeah. games here. But, you know, especially with Kyle Pitts, he's still not running at a high route participation. You know, whichever tight end is on the field, he's basically split in time with John o. Smith. Um, both of these guys being are being targeted, regardless of who the, who's on the field. Um, but, you know, this in general, though, this gives us more confidence moving forward for all three of these guys, okay? Um, they yeah. had the Bucks next week, uh, but it's one of those things where it's just like, it's like, all right, well, I guess all three of these guys are startable at this point. Yeah, it's like good to know that ceiling is there, you know, because we hadn't had Drake London have one of these high-target games like this, you know, and he had the yardage to go with it. The production and the utilization wasn't always together. We finally saw that with London. And then also Kyle Pitts scoring a touchdown. It's hilarious. It was, I was sitting at lunch with my brother, and what's it called? He said, is that, is that Kyle Pitts' first touchdown of his career? And that just, it, he, I don't know. You know he, it wasn't his first touchdown of his career, but it was a, his first touchdown this year. He's like, I didn't hear so many touchdowns scored by Kyle Pitts. It's like, does he do that? And it's like, no, he really doesn't do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what he does in this Falcons offense. He's like, he's a blocking tight end. I was like, yeah, you're right. He is. 
But anyway, it's also funny too that Johnny Smith, like they had like the same stat line, like that just tells you Johnny Smith is here to stay. But the thing that bothers me the most is that this isn't going to continue to happen. Like you mentioned, it's going to be up and down. If the Falcons have their way, they're going to run the ball and they're not going to throw it to Drake London 12 times. They're not going to throw it to Kyle Pitts in the end zone. It's just going to be uh, B. John Robinson. And speaking of B. John Robinson, did you notice that he's now wide receiver too? Yeah. <laughs> he had eight targets. He was running out of the slot pretty much all day. It's hilarious. Like, dude, his rap participation is like at 90%, dude. It's unbelievable for a running back. Right. And the takeaway for me from that is that it doesn't matter what the game script is going to be. He's going to be touching the ball. So he is definitely locked in. I'd say he's locked in as the RB2 in my rankings, you know, moving forward for the rest of the season. If the offense were just a little bit better, we'd be talking RB1. But the utilization is 100% what you like to see. You don't have to worry about him not touching the ball. They're getting it him to him every way possible. It also doesn't help, though, that Drake, Lund not Drake London, Desmond Ritter was underthrowing him like crazy and throwing behind him that last pick. It could have went to Bijan Robinson. He could have had a bigger day. It's fine. It's fine. The utilization's there. I don't know what I'm complaining about. Bijan has made so many spectacular catches because he's gotten so many shitty passes from Desmond Ritter. Right. Yeah. You know? If you want to build a highlight reel, you want Desmond Ritter as your quarterback. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 like OBJ's best friend. He's like OBJ's best quarterback, about. basically. <laughs> By the way, guys, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, if you haven't added, followed, or subscribed for free, by the way. Okay, go ahead and do that now if you can, uh, because you'll get the latest episodes on your feed. It helps us out a ton. We gre greatly appreciate it, and it only takes a second. Also, if you're watching on YouTube as well, same thing. If you could just hit the subscribe button, it would mean the world to us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Alexander Madison, boy, was he inefficient in this game. 18 carries for 44 yards, 2.4 yards a carry. Uh, that's the bad news. The good news for him is that Cam Akers only had one carry in this game. Okay, Madison ended up with 26 total opportunities uh, that included seven targets that included 80% snap share. Okay, so he's going to continue to be a volume play unless they decide to ramp Akers back up at some point. Uh, but it hasn't happened yet, and it doesn't seem to me that needle doesn't seem to be moving in Akers' direction at this point. But if anything, you you know, I thought that Akers was going to be more involved in this week, personally. Um, yeah. Now, you might think that he should have been Madison should have been more efficient against the Bears, uh, but the Bears were are actually relatively stout against the run. You know, I'm talking about the running game, right? They were yeah. only allowing 3.68 yards per carry to running backs entering this game, but they were allowing a ton of fantasy points to running backs, right? And that's because you know the the Bears' offense wasn't getting anything going early on in the season. Uh, a lot of short fields. Justin Fields turned the ball over. All that led to like them being in the red zone a lot, teams being in the red zone a lot, and and obviously scoring. Uh, but if this opportunity sticks, this is a good sign for Madison moving forward. Yeah, one hundred percent. Now, I wasn't a fan of the inefficiency either, but it looks like with Justin Jefferson out, maybe Alexander Madison could be in for more targets. I'm not going to say that seven targets is going to happen every game, but it's just something to point out. He did have an uptick in those targets that that that's something I'm interested in seeing if it's going to stick, if it's a couple targets a game, that's fine. But I just want to see if that continues. The other thing, you, you know, mentioned, I, one, one, one quick note on that. It's interesting because like when, when the Vikings got Justin Jefferson and like he started becoming, he was, he ended up being Justin Jefferson. Dalvin, you saw Dalvin cooks target share decrease by a ton. Right. right. Um, he was he was one of those guys who was very involved in the receiving game. You, you remember that? Like there was a point where Cook was getting four or five targets a game, four or five catches yeah. a game at one point. So that was um, a very so small he, window, but I remember it. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. It was right before Justin Jefferson like became hit the guy. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. that's fair. And then also to your point about Cam Akers, like I'd be a lot more worried about Alexander Madison being inefficient if Cam Akers was getting some work, but they didn't yeah. give him any work. So that's just the way it is. Also, this game. I thought it was going to be way more high scoring. Now, I know Justin Herbert, not Justin Herbert, Justin Fields went out and, yeah. you know, they didn't do a whole lot after that with, what's his name, Tyson Bajant at quarterback. I was expecting <laughs> I a much higher scoring game in this one, even though Justin Jefferson was out because both of these defenses were allowing a lot of points. 
defensive slugfest wasn't on my bingo card. But, you know, that's another thing that's going to help calm my nerves on Madison. It's like, okay, this wasn't a type of game script that we were expecting or that we should see moving forward on a consistent basis. So I'm giving him a mulligan there. So, yeah, so without Jefferson, uh, TJ Hawkinson led in targets with eight. Uh, both KJ Osborne and Jordan Addison saw five targets each. And then I meant we mentioned Madison getting the seven targets. Um, and like we mentioned, like the Vikings did end up being more balanced in this game, right? Um, you know, right. They, they were not like extremely pass heavy or anything like that, right? Um, but Osborne and Addison did see 100% route participation each. Okay, so that's good to see for both of those guys. Addison being the preferred start moving, like just overall. You know, moving forward. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, yeah. Yeah. Justin Fields, like you mentioned, he ended up throwing, uh, hurting his throwing hand in this game. Uh, turns out to be a dislocated thumb, according to Jay Glazer. He popped it right back in, apparently. X rays were negative. He'll get an MRI on Monday. We'll see if he has to miss any time. Hopefully not. He couldn't grip the ball, apparently, according to Glazer when he came back in. Uh, but uh, DJ Moore ended up being relatively quiet this week, five for 51 or eight targets. Uh, but Fields did miss about half of the passing snaps. In this yeah. game, do you think that might have something to do? You know, obviously DJ Moore having a quiet day, but also Justin Fields having a quiet quiet day. Do you think that has something to do with us ranking them that high? Like we were talking about that coming into this game. Oh, for sure. Like, because we ranked them so high. What was DJ Moore to wide receiver six on the week? I think. For you? Yeah. And then you and, had uh, Fields, Fields QB five. five. Yeah. yeah. So just because we put them up that high, we finally bought into it after two weeks of great performances. Like just putting that out there. Like that might have been our fault, guys. Sorry if that happened. <laughs> just 100 and and who's who's it going to happen to oh and then like puka back into the top 10 right uh yeah who else who else that's true um, we have a little curse here yeah it is what it is yeah, there's more uh, <laughs> there's more there's more to that but yeah there's just, more to come i found that hilarious because like that was I, something I, that you guys, I was looking for i would just focus like i would just like pay attention to who has been outside of top 10 and then who gets placed into the top 10 after like a big performance oh you know who well i'll, I'll tell you this it didn't happen for jacoby myers he still came through. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen for Adam Thielen. He still came through. Okay. So like it yeah. doesn't happen all the time. Okay. So you, uh, just a question on Thielen's. Uh, uh, we'll get to him yeah. actually. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll wait till we get to that conversation. But it, it, it's interesting because sure. he's playing very well. <laughs> uh yeah, he is. Uh, but let's stick on the Bears real quick. Let's finish that up first. Roshan Johnson. You know he was obviously out this week with the concussion. I'm assuming he should be clear from the concussion protocol for next week. This week, it was mainly Deontay Foreman, but it wasn't just him. He did play 60% of snaps. He saw 16 total opportunities, so he was in that low-end RB2 discussion. But Darrington Evans also saw 10 opportunities himself. Uh, But I'd expect Roshan to be the guy next week, hopefully. So we talked about buying Tyler Lockett on last week's buy-sell episode, and hopefully that helped you this week in PPR, especially he had his biggest yardage output of the season as well. Those touchdowns will still be coming. He saw a couple of end zone targets in this game. Didn't come through on those, but that touchdown debt is just continuing to pile up uh, and it's going to come at some point. But the most interesting thing coming out of this game was that it seemed like there was a serious intent to transition to a mainly 11 personnel offense coming out of their bye, right? Jackson Smith and the Jigbo ran the same number of routes as Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf in this game. Before the buy, it was going up a little bit. According to Fantasy Life Utilization, he had 75% route participation in week four, 24% target share. And then his playing time got better this week. Season high in route participation. So I think he needs to continue to be stashed. Okay. There's too much upside here. You know, we're used to some of these rookies just breaking out early on, but he has to contend like with two other very good wide receivers here, okay? There's still a chance that he's going to have a very good second half of the year. That's traditionally when rookie wide receivers start to come on anyway. So if you need wins now and you can't afford the bench stash, I totally get it, especially with bye weeks. You know, I think six teams are on bye next week, if I'm not mistaken, right? So I I get it. But if you can be a little patient, it can pay off. Um, And you never know. You might not have to wait that long either. Right. And you mentioned it that this change comes after a bye week. Like there's a chance that they went in and said, All right, they audit what they've been doing so far. They're like, Okay, who do we need to get the ball to more? The way they've been using Jackson Smith and Jigba has just been horrific. 
And not just from a fantasy football perspective. If you're a Seahawks fan or just an NFL fan in general, you know what JSN can do. He comes in and he's getting targeted like at the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage. His ADOT was criminally low through the first few weeks of the season. Like that had to get up. And this change, it's not everything, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. And you talk about that chance for Jackson Smith and the Jigba to break out later into the season. Like this is the direction that we were hoping to see him go. We hadn't seen anything encouraging on this front throughout the season so far to see this now is definitely, you know, something that's going to give you more confidence moving forward that he could eventually become a start. It does look like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are holding on to those top roles. I don't think either of them are going to give it up either, but Jason could definitely mix in challenge lead, maybe not lead receivers and targets, but he could have a situation, a game in the future where he's going to, in the near future, I should say, have some targets and make him worth, you know, maybe even a flex play moving forward. But right now, definitely, like you mentioned, stashing him is not a bad idea at all. I think that's definitely what you have to do at this point, especially if you drafted him. Like, you're holding on to him. I have him in a couple leagues. I'm I'm holding on to him because I see that upside. And it's not hard to see that upside. You just have to wait for it to happen. Patience is important sometimes with these players. I think that's the case with JSN. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, even if it doesn't work out, this is a situation where like process usually says like hold these type of guys just for the second half of the year because they could end up breaking out. And, you know, I'm going to kind of like abide by that for now. Uh, Now, on the other side of the ball, of course, T. Higgins ended up not getting his full role this week. We talked about it during our pregame lives over on Instagram that this might happen. Um, you know, we've seen this before with T Higgins coming back from these injuries and then Zach Taylor not playing him at all or playing him on a limited basis. That's what happened this week. Uh, the Bengals do have a bye in week seven, uh, and they see the 49ers in week eight. So that should be a good game. Uh, hopefully this entire offense will be nice and healthy. We'll see. Right. By the way, um, a lot of the important stuff we're talking about today will be nicely summarized by Zach in Monday's free daily newsletter that comes straight to your inbox. Uh, We've received a ton of great feedback from you guys. Really glad that you like it. But if you're not signed up, go to upperhandfantasy.com, scroll all the way down, and add your email to the newsletter list. You'll get that free newsletter the very next day. Okay. Uh, We talk waivers. um, We preview matchups. We do stats of the day. And a lot more. Okay, so Zach does a, a really amazing job with it. So make sure you sign up, upperhandfantasy.com. And while you're there, check out all the other cool stuff that we have to offer on our website. The Browns ended up going very run heavy without Deshaun Watson against the 49ers. And it was very effective. So much so that they ended up coming away with the win against the 49ers here, right? So yeah. I know Jerome Ford led with 17 carries on 50% of snaps, 19 total touches. But Kareem Hunt, Ended up with the better fantasy day. He ran in, ran in a score, uh, very involved in the backfield, 12 carries and three targets. Uh, if the Browns have positive game scripts like this, like we could see this backfield be pretty productive overall. Uh, I think Kareem Hunt, you know, he's not rostered in a lot of leagues, so he's definitely worth the pickup uh, as some running back depth on your bench for a spot start if you ever need it. Uh, he looks okay. Like he doesn't look terrible. He doesn't look washed. He doesn't yeah. look like Dalvin Cook. Um, so I think he should be, <laughs> I think he should be, a, who is the preferred pickup for That's you astray. in, in the Jets backfield? Be, like if Brees Hall were to get hurt, I, I, I'm not going to wood right now. Okay. Right. Who would you rather pick up Dalvin cook or Michael Carter? Yeah, Dalvin cook Dalvin? Michael Carter. I want, I'm going to give benefit of doubt to Dalvin cook. I think he still has some in the tank. I know he hasn't looked good, but I'm just going to hope that this isn't a situation that we have to deal with. You know, moving forward. Michael <laughs> yeah, Carter. Okay. okay. Forget it. The only <laughs> the only thing Michael Carter has going for him, and you're right, maybe with the way that this offense operates, maybe a receiving back would be more valuable because they'd have that PPR ceiling. Because Michael yeah, Carter yeah. is obviously the other receiving back in this backfield. And Dalvin Cook hasn't looked great, but I think that's also because they're rotating guys in and out a lot. Right, he doesn't really right. have much of an opportunity, you know, to get the ball rolling and build a little momentum in the ground game. There's no rhythm for him. He's coming in and out. He's splitting his touches up. Like, I think I would lean Dalvin Cook just based on name value, but there's a chance that Michael Carter, after a week or two, if that would happen, would be the preferred start because of the receiving work. We just have to see how it shakes out. But right. like you mentioned, knock on wood. We don't would. want to have to deal with that. Yeah, well, I don't even know why we're talking about this. Um, I just want to throw shade. We <laughs> have two injuries yeah. 
for the 49ers. The first is Christian McCaffrey. He has an oblique injury, had to go back to the locker room a couple times. It's possible that he doesn't have to miss any time, uh, but we'll learn more soon. Uh, we have no idea who the backup would be. Like, who would be the guy? Like, Jordan Mason was the guy this week for the most part, especially after CMC got hurt. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, though, he was playing as the backup when Christian McCaffrey was healthy in this game. So it was kind of weird. Um, so Elijah Mitchell was banged up. He came back this week. You know, my bet, I think, for next week would be Jordan Mason as the guy like, I'd rather start if Christian McCaffrey were to be hurt uh, and miss the game. Um, you know, he's the guy who's been practicing. And, you know, Elijah Mitchell just gets hurt like every game. Uh, but both <laughs> these guys, I think, will probably be involved if CMC were, if CMC were to miss. Uh, but hopefully he won't have to miss any time. That's yeah, what it comes down that's to. That's obviously the hope. I, I don't want to go out on a limb and say CMC is going to miss time, but I, I don't think he's going to miss time. That's just me. I don't, I'm not a doctor. I don't know a whole lot, whole lot about oblique injuries, but the fact that he kept coming and going just gives me a little encouragement that this isn't something that's going to hold him out. Like They weren't thinking that this is something we definitely need to keep him off the field for. It was an off day for 49ers offense too. CMC still had the touchdown. That was great. I like that that streak is going. I don't care so much about it that it's still going. Because he scored against Cowboys, doesn't bother me that much. But <laughs> I, I think, yeah, the way the way that you look at this, I'm hoping I don't have to make a decision between Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason. <laughs> That's the bottom line. The other injury for the 49ers was Debo Samuel. Of course, it had to be early in the game. It was a shoulder injury. He was ruled out, and now it seems like it's not a major injury, so he could play next week. So we'll see. Right. We'll see how that goes, man. Debo's just perpetually hurt, man. It, he just didn't sucks. want to be part of a loss. Like he was sitting there and he was seeing how the game was going. He's like, oh, my shoulder. And he left. Shoulder hurts. Now they can blame it on him. Yeah. It's raining. <laughs> Chris Olave bounced back. Seven catches for 96 yards on 10 targets. Three other players got eight targets in this game from Derek Carr. Taysom Hill out of nowhere. Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Kamara, by the way, 26 opportunities playing a bell cow role. Uh, but back to Taysom Hill real quick. 63% rap participation. He was the primary tight end for the Saints with Juwan Johnson out. Uh, he had eight targets in one carry. Something to monitor if Juwan continues to be out. And, you know, it's like one of those things. The tight end landscape is so barren that we have to pay attention to stuff like this. So if Juwan Johnson's out, yeah. then Taysom Hill's actually a pretty decent start next week. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad call at all. You know, you mentioned Juwan Johnson being out. If he's going to be getting those targets, and Derek Carr was throwing a lot of passes this game, granted. But if he's going to get those targets, he's worth a look. And that's just the reality of the tight end landscape, like you mentioned. I remember, I don't know if you saw, but the one announcer called Taysom Hill, like, one of the greatest football players of all time. Obviously, comments because <laughs> like he, he plays <laughs> he plays like every position. That was where he was going with it. But people were like flaming him for saying that oh Taysom Hill is like the, one of the greatest football players of all time. But I, I just find it hilarious because the fact that Taysom Hill gets used in every way at tight end, it seems like you look at some of his game logs. It's like this is a cheat code at tight end because he's throwing the ball, catching the ball, and running the ball. But he just doesn't get used enough. He's such a gadget guy. He's one of those guys where you just throw him in and hope for the best at this point. And that's what he's been. Uh, do you remember it was like, was it last year or two years ago where he was playing quarterback, but he was listed at, listed at tight end? <laughs> yeah, so two years ago. Yeah, Quarterback in at tight end. I, I just keep going back to that. And every time I see one of these performances where he does it all, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just temper my expectations a little bit. I'm like, this isn't going to last. 100%. That's for sure. Literally one week after Damian Pierce gets 100% of his backfield's rushing attempts, we get we got too excited, man. The backfield touches were split down the middle 50-50. Okay, Singletary ended up being the more efficient runner in this game, of course. You know, you also have to consider, Pierce, you know, if you look at the numbers, Pierce was stuffed inside the five on like three runs in a row. But Singletary also yeah. led in snap share. Pierce was only on the field for 33% of snaps. Okay, this is a neutral and positive game script. They were not down in this game, okay? They have the bye coming up here this week, uh, and they had the Panthers the week after, right? And then you in that game, you're going to want to start Pierce, right? So, like, I, yeah. I, I think he's worth holding on to for that matchup. And then he has the Bucks after that, who coming into this week, they were allowing almost five yards per carry to running backs. And then the Bengals, which is a great matchup. And then the Cardinals, which is a great matchup. Um, they also have a matchup with Denver coming up, too. It's like these matchups are so tempting for Damian Pierce. Um, it's been so frustrating. And, and yeah, like Singletary now, like he should probably be picked up 
like if this sticks, what if it sticks? And then he, Singletary yeah. ends up this truly ends up being a one A one B role on an offense that's just getting better, right? CJ Stroud doing their thing, keeping them in games. So I don't know, man. This is a crazy situation. Like yeah. I wanted to buy Damian Pierce low after what we saw the last two weeks, and now we're in a like true timeshare. What the hell is going on? I, I don't think that there's going to be anything concrete that lasts for more than a week or two in this backfield. That's my takeaway from this early season. Like Devin Singletary was useful, then he wasn't. Now he is again suddenly. Obviously pick up Devin Singletary. I think he, he doesn't have to be a high priority, but definitely pick him up just in case if you're thin at running back. If he's going to have a chance of you know leading the backfield in snaps, that, that's a guy worth having on your team, especially, like I mentioned, if you're thin at backfield in the backfield. But Damian Pierce... You you can buy him lower now this week if if you really want to. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't I don't think that this is going to be like I said a situation where one guy is reliable unfortunately and that sucks because Damian Pierce you know he's an angry runner but for me I'm not buying too much into this Devin Singletary thing if there's anything I learned about this backfield is it changes on a week like it seems like the Texans are just pulling names out of a hat about who's going to get the ball next you know they just have three names. And they just stand on the sideline and take it out. It's like, all right, Damian Pierce is your turn. And then it's Devin Singletary's turn. Like it's it's just not it's not good for fantasy football. There's no consistency in this backfield. I'm not a big fan of it. So for me, I'm picking up Devin Singletary with hesitation, knowing that he might not be useful next week or the week after that, but he could get you a week after that. It's just gonna be all over the place. The Colts ended up splitting work between Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. Uh, seems to be on the way to JT getting the entire workload at some point, but it was close to a 50-50 split with Moss working slightly ahead of Taylor in this game. Uh, hopefully we had to just like deal with this game so that we can finally get JT fully back next week. Right. The good thing right. was that Gardner Minshew was checking it down a ton. 13 total targets to these running backs. He did throw it 55 times, but that still works out to be a healthy 24% target share to running backs. Okay. So if we end up getting just JT at some point, there's some serious upside here, right? Like we right. weren't sure if Anthony Richardson was going to check it down, but I think we're damn sure we're going to be that Gardner Mitchell is <laughs> going to be checking it down, right? 25% target share for Michael Pittman as well. He came through Josh Downs, eight targets, only works out to a 15% target share, given the fact that Gardner Mitchell threw it so, so many times. But we talked about it coming into this week. This was a tough matchup out of the slot. Okay. Uh, so if Josh Downs is available in waivers, if he gets dropped this week, well, he did catch a touchdown, so that's good. He might not be dropped, mm -hmm. but he should be rostered. Okay. Unfortunately, he does have another tough matchup against Cleveland next week. So still could, don't, don't, keep, don't get your hopes up too high, but I think he's still start worthy as like a PPR flex play, even in that matchup. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Eight targets. Like I'm, I'm happy with that. I wasn't expecting as strong a matchup. You mentioned that tough matchup in the slot. I, like 13 points in that matchup is fine with me. I was forced to start him and Zach Moss in our one league together. I think it's like our upper hand fantasy league for just everybody that we have on the satellite pages. Yeah. And both of them came through for me. So that, that, that was great. You know, Zach Moss too. I'm, running out of steam with him i know it's going to come to an end the fact that, that they pay jonathan taylor all that money he's going to be getting you know the majority of the work but i'm, I'm riding out zach moss until he can't anymore you we're know, squeezing the shit life. out of zach moss right now like all the jews i mean <laughs> oh, it's kind of weird to say whoa. it <laughs> it's kind of weird it's kind of weird to say it but we're squeezing all the juice out of zach moss right now okay yeah we're, squeezing we're, it all out yeah we're getting it all out of the sponge <laughs> <laughs> We did it all out. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Zach Moss. Yeah. Okay. Of course. All right. Moving. Should we move forward? I think we should move forward. Yeah. I think Chuba um, <laughs> <I think laughs> Hubbard ended up coming through in Miles Sanders' absence. This game was close early, so it allowed Hubbard to rack up some work on the ground. 19 carries for 88 yards and a touchdown. He did run around on 64% of dropbacks. He was only targeted once, though. Uh, we could see that target number increase if Sanders misses again. Sanders does have a week to recover, though, because the Panthers are on by this upcoming week in week seven. I think I would just keep Hubbard on my bench, though, through this bye week, you know, just in case, just in case, number one, like Sanders misses another game. And number two, like Hubbard might be involved like the rest of the way. Right. This is this is literally the best game yeah. any Panthers running back has had this week. I mean, this year. Yep. I, I, I'm just looking at it. If you're the Panthers. 
Are you really going to put Miles Sanders back out there and give him a, a majority of the work when Chuba Hubbard's playing as well? And maybe it's not Chuba Hubbard playing very well. It's that Miles Sanders isn't doing enough for you to put him back out on the field and say, you, you, okay, here's 15 carries and we're going to give Chuba Hubbard five. Like that's not what it's going to be in this offense. I think Chuba Hubbard's earned his spot. It looks like he's going to be productive regardless. I'm fine putting Chuba Hubbard in as a flex, even once Miles Sanders is back. Like that's my yeah. level of concern with Chuba Hubbard at this point, because he's been with the Panthers a while. Obviously he knows the system. He's familiar. I think that he's kind of been one of those guys that sticks around and produces, even though there's other guys in the backfield. I'm not a big Miles Sanders guy. I don't think he's a very good fit right now. He hasn't looked like a very good fit, even though he's been banged up. I, I think Chuba Hubbard is going to be the guy moving forward. And this performance definitely backs up that sentiment. Yeah. Uh, Adam Thielen though, continuing to come through for you big time, man. 11, Catches 13 targets, 115 yards, and a touchdown. It's him and nobody else uh, on the Panthers. So, you know, let this keep going. If, if you have Thielen, you're hoping they don't try and trade it for that, like, quote-unquote, high-end receiver. Uh, he was a must-start this week, and he continues to be a must-start moving forward. Uh, but again, the Panthers are on bye next week. Do they make a trade for a wide receiver during this bye week, Zach? I hope not. I'm enjoying this afternoon, right? And like, I have him on a couple teams, and I called it out. And like I said last on the last episode, I think I was on. I said I knew Adam Thielen was going to be all right, but I didn't think he was going to be this good. It's hilarious. So if he keeps doing this, like th- I'm okay with it. I have nothing against Adam Thielen having this type of production. The fact that he's able to do this, even with Bryce Young quarterback, like that, that's that's surprising to me. Now, my question earlier, I was going to bring it up, and then I paused. I was like, now nah, we'll talk about Adam Thielen later. We're going to rank him as a top 10 wide receiver now, moving forward. I feel like we have to. Like, low end top 10 at this point. Like, the volume is just too good. Like, what do you, what, what do you think? I, on I, 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 think, I think so. I think so. I guess we have to see what the matchups look like next week. But yeah, I, I will. Well, well, we can't do it in week be. seven. You won't be. We can't. Yeah, we'll see. Obviously. We'll see. You never know who's going to break Maybe. out in week seven, Zach. If, if, okay. if, if Chris Olave goes off for 147 yards and a touchdown. He's going to be in my top 10. If if uh, Mike Evans ends up having a 120-yard game and a touchdown, and you combine that with all the games that he's had before he got hurt, his hamstring, he might go in my top 10. So I don't know. It's going to be a mystery. You're going to have to tune in to find out on the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. But sorry, yeah. But just I, just a fair warning, though. <laughs> if we do rank him in the top ten, you better take him out of your lineup because we t- if, apparently we have that power yes. to just kill fantasy value. If we put him <laughs> in the top ten, you got to start him as a flex. That's that's yeah. those are the rules, right? Uh, both. So by the way, Chuba Hubbard and Adam Thielen help helped us hit on underdog. The over on Hubbard's scrimmage yards and the over on Thielen's receptions. Uh, we, you know, we were really close. We all we were almost close to the one that we posted on Sunday morning. Right, we hit on Jacoby Myers. We hit on Dobbs rushing. We hit on Rondell Moore's receptions. We hit on Amon Ra's receptions. But all Zach Hurts Hurts needed was that one more target, dude, to hit. Yep. Okay, we could have turned our one hundred dollars into two thousand dollars. Okay, we almost got the twenty x. If you guys want to get in on the action for Monday Night Football or the MLB playoffs, you can even combine these into one entry. You don't even have to pick one sport. Uh, huge game between the Cowboys and the playoff and the Chargers on Monday Night Football. Uh, go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Uh, new users who use code UPPERHAND get a free pick that would have allowed me to cash that 20x entry. Uh, but also, your first deposit is doubled up to $500. And the minimum deposit is only $10. Okay. Uh, so make sure you use the code UPPERHAND to get those perks. Yeah. Raheem Mostert. Another huge game. He dominated the backfield touches. He went over 100 yards rushing. He had three total touchdowns. The dude is absolutely killing it, man. Keep in mind, I think he's our overall RB1 for the year, isn't he? I think he is. He's got to be after that. He he has to be. I mean, overall RB1 before that was Christian McCaffrey, right? So, uh, and Christian McCaffrey had a quiet day. It has to be him. Yeah. Keep keep in mind that Jeff Wilson will likely be back next week, but the way most of it is playing – like it's not like you're, you're going to pull this guy off the field, you know what I'm saying? No. So, but I will say, make sure to check for Jeff Wilson on your waiver wire because the Dolphins' rushing attack is elite. Okay, so mm-hmm. you can plug Jeff Wilson back there; he's going to do pretty well, also. Okay, they might yeah, not be willing to put that. other running backs in that rotation, but they're going to be willing to put Jeff Wilson in once he's ready to go. 
Okay. Right. So both these guys could potentially kill it. E- you know, even when Jeff Wilson's back, I wouldn't be too worried about Raheem Mostert. No, I'm not worried about him either. I mean, you just look, Jeff Wilson, he hasn't been a thought this whole season. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Raheem Mostert isn't not only not broke, he's doing very well. <laughs> and if Devon Chain were there, it would be him and Devon Chain. I don't think Jeff Wilson's going to be able to compete with what Raheem Mostert's doing. But like you mentioned, I think he could take some work to the point where Raheem Mostert isn't having that huge ceiling. Maybe he has Raheem Mostert has two touchdowns a game instead of three. That's what we're talking about with Jeff Wilson here, <laughs> with the way the Dolphins yeah. offense is playing. Jacoby Myers again, Zach. Five for 61 and a touchdown on seven targets, continuing to come through. But Jimmy G did go down this game with a back injury. He left right away in an ambulance, went to the hospital. Not what you want to hear. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, but this was a, like a serious revenge game. Like Jimmy G and Jacoby Myers connecting for, uh, connecting for a touchdown. Both of them got revenge. Okay. Yep. And then Brian Hoyer coming in looking for revenge too against the Patriots. Uh, played solid. The Raiders held you know onto the win. Oh, yeah. And their head coach also, former Patriot as well um but the raiders <laughs> actually came in las vegas pages they ended up coming in for coming in getting the win um michael mayer had a big game okay five catches for 75 yards and this could be here to stay 24 routes ran compared to austin hooper's 10 okay so this is a sizable difference this is like a, a huge step forward here and it's looking like Mayer's going to have a role moving forward he was drafted early for a reason uh, he was my number one tight end prospect coming into this 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 year, and he's a must pick up off the waiver wire this week if you're in need of a tight end. Yeah, and, and we saw the uptick in usage. I think last week a little bit. You know, he went up to sixty six percent of routes. Like that 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 snaps. That was great. You know, I like Michael Mayer coming out. This is who I wanted Dallas to draft, but you know, they took Schoomaker. Whole story, long story. Going to avoid it, but. <laughs> It's always confused me why Michael Mayer was playing behind Austin Hooper. Just, you know, vet- he's a he's a veteran. I get it. But we we saw this week and last week on a couple catches. I think he had he looked good. You know, it's two weeks now where he's had a decent role. You mentioned that changing. I, I think that we should definitely be looking at Michael Mayer as a waiver wire pickup here. And with the way tight ends are, and we, how many times we say this, if he has just like slightly consistent production, he's going to be in that conversation as a potential start every week moving forward, if he could just stay consistent in the passing game. And I think that could be the case. 100%, man. Um, unfortunately, David Montgomery had to leave the game. He had a – what kind of injury did he have again? Is it a rib injury? Yeah, they originally called it a shoulder injury on some websites, and then they corrected and they said it was a rib injury. Yeah. yeah. So we don't have any updates, really. You know, he's going to get an MRI tomorrow on Monday. By the time you listen to it, he'll, you know, hopefully he'll, he got the MRI already. We'll get some more information. We'll update you guys tomorrow on that. We'll see how that goes. Um, not ideal. Not ideal at all. Jameer Gibbs might be back next week, though. He hasn't practiced all week. We'll see what happens this week. Uh, it is possible that we end up seeing Jameer Gibbs in that David Montgomery role next week. Yeah, that, that pissed me off a little bit. Just, uh, just a little vent right here. <laughs> Sorry, just one more thing. I had a four-leg parlay today. I had Jalen Hurts. I had... It was Christian McCaffrey. I had Tyree Hill in the first three games. Oh, and oh boy. they all scored touchdowns. Jalen Hurts was very close. So I was really feeling good. I was like, oh, no, I just need Dave Montgomery. This guy's the king of scoring touchdowns. And he gets injured. Sorry, I'm just tilting a little bit on that one. It's very annoying because now the moment that I needed him to score a touchdown, like I was rooting against him the whole season because I had Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> then he gets hurt. Like, of course. So, just throwing it out there. I'm sure there are other people tilting. There are some like 10,000 other people on that same bet. I saw it. You know, it's just like 10,000 people plays this bet. I'm sure there are people relating to me here on the podcast because that, that was just ridiculous. That sucks, dude. That sucks. I feel for you here. I do. Um, Keonta Ingram uh, was the primary uh, running back. He started the game, but Demarcado ended up playing more snaps, but he only got three opportunities in this game, dude. You know, so Demarcado yeah. outsnapped Ingram, but you know, ran like 16 more routes than Ingram, but one target for him. Like, it's not what you wanted to see at all. But 12 uh, opportunities for Ingram. This was definitely a a timeshare. Even Damian Williams got in on the action. He ended up seeing nine opportunities himself uh, coming out of nowhere as well. Uh, he was signed off the practice squad. Uh, he was brought up. So 
it was it was a, it was a real split you know all categories like the only thing that was consistent was in two minutes in situations you know uh mre supermercado was the guy you know getting the uh getting the work there but otherwise this was a, a pretty shitty backfield split yeah absolutely yeah so that's pretty much it um now i wanted to mention another tight end that you might be able to pick up and you know we talked about this a little bit before where a couple weeks ago i don't know if you remember this zach this was like after like week two or week three we said oh look zach Ertz is losing some time to trey mcbride right and then what happened the following week zach Ertz was the guy again right like trey mcbride (laughs) nowhere to be found but this week they ended up splitting time 50 50 right zach Ertz only ran three more routes than trey mcbride Zach Ertz ran a little bit more than 50% of the routes of the dropbacks, and Trey McBride was right there, only ran three less routes. So what's going to happen next week? Is Zach Ertz going to be somebody who we can depend on? I I, I don't know, man. It, like As soon as we depend on him, his routes yeah. get cut in half. And then when we, when we decide not to depend on him anymore, the next week he's back to full route participation. Like I I, I don't know how to handle this. Zach. I really don't. No, I I 100% agree <laughs> with you. I, I know we've talked about it on the podcast a couple times. Like you mentioned, like at, you mentioned that first time we were like, okay, Zach Ertz is losing snaps. Then something comes back. Then we finally decide to rely on him, which I did <laughs> in a couple of my leagues. And then we also had him again high in the rankings. I think he was a top ten tight end for some of us this week. It's like, what gives? Zach Ertz is just like. He's good enough, but the fact that Trey McBride's hanging around, just a pain. And you mentioned that Zach Ertz only needed one more target. It's only fitting that this would be the game for Trey McBride to come through. Because it just it went, it wasn't just fantasy rankings we were talking about. It was also for the underdog. Like he couldn't come through for us, but just that little bit of a hair, just to make it that much more frustrating. It's 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 really bad. It's really bad. Yeah. All right. Well, it is what it is, guys. We're we're gonna call it here. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to be uh, giving you guys the waiver wire rankings um, and, and a lot more. All right. So we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. We'll be back. See you later. Have a good week. Bye-bye.